really great margins. So I feel like um, that's definitely like the ladder you should climb. Yeah, I'm with you. I actually just came back from Traffic and Conversion Summit. Hello, everybody, and welcome to How to Scale an Agency. We're going to be focusing on all the ways in which your business can grow and scale online as a digital marketing agency. The digital marketing agency space has never been easier to get into. And on this podcast, we're going to help uncover all the tricks and tools of the trade that digital marketing agency owners are doing today to help them achieve the scale necessary to be wealthy, prosperous, and do good in the world. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the How to Scale an Agency podcast. I have VA staffer, CEO, and founder, Jeff Hunter here. He's on uh, to basically talk about how he's been able to scale his brand to seven figures plus a year and go over strategies to how he got there. So thank you, Jeff. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, Lucas. Thank you. And you have vastaffer.com. That's the main brand, right? Yeah, that's definitely like over 80% of our revenue right now. And it's just been uh, growing basically about 100% every year, year over year. So how did you get to seven figures and how do you plan on getting to eight figures? Well, I'd say the the seven, seven figures I think was just scrappiness. Just trying to figure out what works. And, you know, because VA staffer basically were a virtual assistant agency, so it's kind of like a staffing agency is really our model. It's a little bit harder to scale. Well, I mean, I guess every agency is hard to scale because we're we're the original SaaS, right? Uh, service as a service. That's what we sell. Yeah. So, you know, the only way for me to really scale is to hire more people. Yeah. So, you know, the first seven figures was just like trying to find the right people and hire them. And I've tried all sorts of stuff from online jobs to Fiverr to, you know, Upwork to back when it was Elance, you remember all that stuff, Outdesk, you know, like there was just so many different, even freelancer.com, like there's been so many different platforms that have come and gone, but the first seven figures was just, you know, really trying to figure out what the offer was going to be. You know, it's crazy. Oh my gosh. I just had a flashback to when (laughs) I first launched my business, which I validated by selling quote unquote Twitter management. Twitter management on Fiverr. I was a a Fiverr, you know, level two seller. And basically I had a gig for five bucks that was like, Hey, we'll manage your Twitter account and and gain at least 10 followers for five bucks, like genuine followers. And I had one of our virtual assistants. And for those of you listening in, we're a Filipino based VA company. So if you're wondering how I was able to do it for five bucks, cost about 10 to 15 minutes of one of my VA's time to log into their Twitter account. So we get their username and credentials. And then we would log into their Twitter account, finding useful hashtags uh, that relate to that person's business. And then we would just engage with people's tweets and then we would follow them. And then magically people would follow back. And the gig was so successful that we got shouted out in one of those like Fiverr emails that goes out. And this is before they had all the like pause your campaign and what's the limit of number of gigs you could actually have place for your thing. And it was a nightmare because we had probably 200 of those gigs booked after that email went out. And I couldn't even 
I couldn't even fulfill it. So that was actually when I hired like my second or third VA was because of that dang email. So that was kind of the jump start. It definitely seems like a lot of work for a thousand dollars, you know? Yeah, it was, it was a lot of money. I remember when I first started the business, I, I actually acquired my very first corporate client in 2015. And uh, I'm actually still very good friends with them. And, and the, the VPs of sales have moved to different companies since then. And they've kind of tagged along with us. We just signed a contract actually today with uh, a new company that one of those people have gone to. One of the things that I'll tell anybody listening to this is that the relationships that you make, man, that's the most valuable thing that you can invest in to get to that first seven figures because people are going to grow. And then most people, when they grow, they're going to need to have trusted people that they can count on to help them grow. And that's exactly what we should be positioning ourselves in as an agency that can help them grow. That's fantastic. Yeah. And, and how do you plan to get eight figures? We're about... 2 million right now. I think we're, I mean, shoot, just this has been the craziest part because the only way that I can really scale is to hire more talent because basically the way that we run on is we have about a 35% margin and we basically hire amazing people. We recruit amazing people from the Philippines to be executive assistants for our clients. So literally the, the way to scale is to just hire more people, have a great recruitment and training process. So actually this year, we made tons of changes to enhance our recruitment process. We now have an actual recruitment department, which we've never had until about three, mm. three months ago. Now we have a training department that used to be all one thing. So the recruiter used to do the training. Now we have a really strong onboarding and shadowing process to kick things off. And I just hired two months ago. Now I have a customer experience manager just to keep our retention rate nice and high. So right now it's full steam ahead and just hiring new leadership as well and promoting from within to always just kind of keep things rolling. I mean, we don't have a problem getting new clients. We have about a three or four week wait list right now, but our biggest bottleneck right now is just recruiting really good talent. How do you judge talent? How do you know if they're good? Well, that's the one thing that we have that's a little bit unique compared to like other like, you know, virtual assistant platforms and stuff is that most of these other VA firms, they're like freelancers, you know, like if you, if you are trying to hire a VA, well, that's, by the way, one of the things I've learned fast, I never hire VAs, I never hire virtual assistants, because they're actually freelancers, and they don't care about you, yeah. they care about their business. So I actually have a recruitment team that their job is to go to like Shopify and Canva and Google and and really recruit talent that already yeah. have technical support skills and then we train them how to be VAs. So that's yeah. the only way that at least unless you have a great idea for me or someone listening in, please contact me, <laughs> me at jeffhunter.co. Send me a hot tip <laughs> if you know. Any I think other it's way. all about the value ladder. Right. Because oh I think I think here's the thing. Right. I just had a guy called Jan and he uh, has a company called U plus. He was just on the show last week. And his answer to get to 10 million because he's at 10 million was to move up the value ladder to keep offering larger services, higher ticket prices. But for every Apple company, there's also, you know, uh, Amazon and Amazon offers everything. So this is kind of like a not the best point, but, you know, their whole thing is cost-effective pricing in a lot of aspects, right? Trying to get mm -hmm. like the best price for the consumer. 
I mean, if I look at your price on your website, you know, you have plans that start $298 a month, right? So like, yeah. uh, you are definitely competing on like the, that, that side of things. And I do agree with you from what I've seen, and even with our own agency, because we have two divisions, we have one that's like the best service for the price. And we have another that's the best service for scaling agencies because of those two different things with different strategies. I do agree training people who don't know how to be a virtual assistant and then training them to be a virtual assistant is a much more cost-effective way of doing it. But when you try to go like up market, I found you got to find people who already know because the training time to get someone to actually talk to another agency who's doing eight figures a year and convince them that they're the right person to manage your brand is uh, pretty significant. So you have to, it's a different, I think it's a different thing. So I think you're, I think you're doing the right stuff. I just think yeah, it's uh, and, yeah. And you know what, ironically, the thing that really helped us scale fast because it took us like five years to get to a million dollars. But once we hit that first million dollar year, it like the first million dollar year, it was like, boom, it was over. And then the next year was 2 million. So it was like, whoa, okay, we're onto something, yeah. you know? And the, the thing that was interesting was that the reason why we grew so fast was because we stopped doing everything. And we really focused in on building executive assistants. Like that's our niche is like, here's an executive assistant who is already trained up how to do, you know, meeting minutes and how to post for you on social media and how to attend uh, your calls and, and take notes and, and manage your emails. Like that's like something that every single business owner needs. So we kind of train, we have a really solid training process on that. And then we were able to roll that out because that's, a, that's a skill set that pretty much every business owner and it needs. You know, do you think a lot of uh, this is also about templatizing your services? I don't know if it's about templatizing per se, but I do think that there are generic things that every business owner needs. Like I just had someone come to me today uh, is actually one of my assistants because I started a new uh, I call it the shark tank bonus. So anytime a team member comes up with an idea that we actually implement in our business, I give them a hundred dollar bonus. So I get lots of ideas awesome. every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually really smart. That's really smart. I actually wanted to do that a while ago, like two years ago and I never executed you should. it. Yeah. You should, man, because I got lots of good ideas, but one of them just, just sent me over uh, last night actually was that a lot of our clients are always asking for like help with their bookkeeping and stuff. And it's not really mm -hmm. challenging to teach someone how to do bookkeeping, but it's not something that we, that we currently teach. So I actually greenlighted that idea and said, yes, let's put together a, a, like a basic bookkeeping instruction. And that's one more value added service that we can add to our executive assistant, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so what's the big goal with uh, VA staffer? I mean, is there like a uh, end goal in mind? I mean, is the goal to go, from eight figures to nine figures and become this massive business? Do you plan on plateauing it on purpose so that you can actually harvest at a certain point and just rake in profits and pay out maybe some distributions to your employees or something like that? I mean, what's the goal? The goal it used to be changing all the time, but the one thing that's always been consistent has just been, and I know this is going to, oh my God, it's going to sound, I'm going to be one of those guys now. But, <laughs> but, you know, for me, I just look at it as, this is the way of, of providing not only for my, my family, but also everyone on my team. And one of the things that's really phenomenal about the Philippines and obviously the pricing, I mean, our highest executive assistant, at least as of right now, this recording is $1,500 a month full time. And then I think even before we started the show, you asked me like, how do you make a profit at $1,500 a month? You know? And I'm like, well, 35% margin isn't a lot, but let me tell you, like, the people in the Philippines, like that's a lot of money to them. And, um, 
of course, I'd love to keep making more and more and more. And, you know, I guess right now, every year, I guess I'll raise my prices by a couple hundred dollars and, and keep doing that. But at the end of the day, the goal is to have a sustainable business model for me and to keep yeah. growing. And, you know, as <laughs> part of what I do is save, save, save people from their boring corporate lives where they're working mandatory overtime six days a week in the Philippines. I know how they treat them, you know? So, yeah. Well, what do you think about um, maybe bundling your services with stuff that is uh, higher margin? I mean, couldn't you in theory do a, uh, cause that's not, that's not, you know, 30%, right. That's, that's just your, that's just your cost after paying them, right? Because you still have all your other costs, like recruiting costs, your, you know, software costs, your everything. Yeah, you're right. I mean, That's more is, of a markup. Is, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it wouldn't wouldn't a good idea be to um, get a service, maybe you white label it or you start building it out, but some sort of parallel service that's like high margin and you, you know, lead with uh, the VAs, but then you also offer something that you bundle together and then now you, you know, have two services. I thought about putting together some of some like social media because there are some like white label social media content creation type stuff. I thought about that because obviously, you know, a lot of our clients want our VAs to do social media. Another thing that I thought about doing Lucas, and I'd love to get your feedback on this is I've had a lot of my clients. I've realized that a lot of companies come to me and they're not even ready for a VA. They're not even ready for an executive assistant because they just don't even have like, a process in place to even handle a remote team, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the things I thought about doing is an ascension ladder because we do have most of our clients. Is, so this is this is a crazy stat. So just in the past 15 days, from September 1st to the 15th, my team has closed 10 new clients, hmm. which is by the way why we have a wait list. <laughs> yeah. Now, of those 10 clients. Six of them are part-time executive assistants. So they actually, so this is what happens. Most people pull the trigger for an $800 a month part-time plan. But another interesting statistic is that 78% of those people that we sign up for a part-time VA actually upgrade within the first 30 days to a full-time. So we'll put it to you this way. We have over 150 people on our team, but we have 114 active clients. That means that there are a number of clients that have multiple VAs. Right. And what I thought about doing is like there would be they would love to have more and more and more um, help. But most of them just don't have the time. You know, they're busy entrepreneurs. They don't have the time to train new people, things like that. So one of the things I thought of doing was actually two different things, like one having type of a do it yourself type training program that I could sell businesses to train their VAs. And I already own virtualassistantcourses.com, which I thought was a fantastic. Oh, wow. That's pretty solid. Yeah, so that could be one way. And that's also obviously very scalable because it wouldn't cost anything outside of recording some videos and putting some templates together, right? And then the other option that I was thinking about would be like some sort of a retreat or a mastermind or something like that based around building out a remote team and remote culture Mm -hmm. and really optimizing your business, um, leveraging remote teams. Yeah, like I was going to say, I mean, you have, if you're a $2 million business, that means you're bigger than 98 to 99% of businesses, right? It's primarily why we went up the, uh, you know, we went up the value chain. And now over the last like few quarters, we've been focusing on scaling agencies, right? Because you hit a certain point and you you start learning things operationally and sales uh, wise that you can quickly implement for other people that they have no idea how to do themselves. 
I feel like you're 100% right. You know, you start adding in digital products. You start adding in maybe a software one day. Um, you start adding in things that um, are increasing the intrinsic value, but cost you nothing to deliver, right? Like products are great. Like a course is great for that. But then also, you know, community is also great because if it's a community, then you know, you can actually have people who are, are learning from you and, and that cost of the community is distributed amongst like 50, 100 members or like 1,000 members or 10,000 members. So your costs are like nothing at, at a certain point um, to manage the community and like build it and things of that nature. So I definitely think you have like a really a, a intrinsic advantage. Uh, and fu- the other thing to think about is that, um, you know, if you have 150 staffers, you also have to remember too, like just my two cents would be, I mean, that's a lot of people. It's a lot of human capital. Like, you probably yeah. have a lot of insights on uh, operational efficiency um, and a lot of insights into systems and processes and business operations that people would probably pay you or like some people on your team for because, uh, and, and also one thing to think about too, which we've seen happen with our company is like, okay, let's say you have somebody who doesn't know marketing as well as somebody who's an agency owner, but that person who has like really good communication skills, a lot of creativity, they have technical skills, you train them to become a marketing kind of consultant over time. Well, if they work with your clients for long enough, they're actually going to gain like special skills that you could then sell. So like, mm. you know, one thing that would be crazy margins, I think for you is like, imagine if you had um, somebody in the Philippines who, you know, they're making good money, you're making a 30% margin, they're getting $7, $8 an hour, you're making $11 an hour, whatever it is. And then you turn that person into like a team manager. And then that team manager also consults with people and basically is like, here for three grand a month, I'll show you how you can scale out a team of like a hundred plus people. You know, I mean, think about the cultural like inefficiencies that happen when people start getting past like 30, 40, 50 people, you know, like that's a huge margin. Plus consulting services always have really great margins. So I feel like um, that's definitely like the ladder you should climb. Yeah, I'm with you. I actually just came back from traffic and conversion summit. Uh, On the very last night I went up to Perry Belcher's little private penthouse up there, not to name drop, but there were a bunch of like super mega successful people, multimillionaires up there. And we were all sitting around a table and I just asked and I just said, Hey, just a show of hands, how many of you guys have people that work remote? And it was like pretty much unanimous. Everyone had one. And I followed it up saying, well, how many of you guys feel like it's a challenge developing out remote culture? And pretty much it was unanimous, you know, maybe a couple of hands felt uh, fell down. But, you know, I really thought about putting together some programs, whether it's coaching, consulting around, and even just establishing myself as like the remote team culture guy. <laughs> you know, oh, no, no. Like, that's, that's exactly it, man. Cause that's the higher know? margins. I had a really good quote from this book I'm reading right now called the four. And uh, they say, the reason Apple is the biggest company in the world is because they have the margins of a Ferrari, but the production volume of a Toyota. Right. Mm-hmm. So like that's what everyone should be, frankly. I mean, I mean, if you think about it, like Amazon, fastest company to their valuation in history. But at the same time, I think it was in like 20, I don't know if it's the same way now, but the book was written in 2017. In 2017, Apple made more money in a year than Amazon made in terms of cash, like just profit, than Amazon made in like 20 years of a business, right? Like 22 yeah. years at all, right? Because it, it it's just about reinvesting. So like Amazon's one of those businesses where now it's like insanely profitable, but it took them a long time to get there. And uh, Apple has just been profitable forever. They had a very good position in the market and they were like 
the premium design sort of service and they've maintained that position for a very long time. So, you know, next time I, maybe we can get you back on the show here. Like I definitely hope you, you keep accelerating your growth. I obviously hope I do too. Um, and I hope that, you know, I think that's a really good service. Like remote is huge right now. And I think you're uniquely positioned to be able to consult teams on how to build out remote staff. And like, that's something I'd even pay for, you know? So like going up that value chain is I think something that really helped you a lot. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I I've started doing a little bit of research on it just the past week alone and there's really not a whole lot out there, which is good and bad, right? <laughs> it, it's bad because I hate reinventing the wheel and um, would much rather see what other people are doing for consulting in that space. But at the same time, like I, I know that this is a very hot topic and luckily, well, I shouldn't say luckily, fortunately, you know, I've been able to kind of position myself as like the remote team guy. And, you know, just mm-hmm. recently I've been able, I'm now a contributor to about five different, you know, article, you know, I would say like entrepreneur is one of them. I'm kind of their remote team guy, just got added to addicted to success, a CEO world magazine, a bunch of these different uh, publications that I've been able to kind of, I guess, wiggle my way in as the remote team expert. And even digitalmarketer.com had me come and and teach uh, how to have a remote, uh, you know, how to use a remote team successfully for agency type training for their, uh, for their DM labs. So I feel like that is like my next progression is kind of just like being kind of a thought leader and, and consultant in that remote team space. I do want to wrap up here, but I do, I would love to have you back on the show sometime, you know, maybe in a quarter from now, it'd be really cool to catch up and see how you kind of implement these things. And I definitely will, you know, anybody listening, hit up Jeff. I know that uh, managing a 150 person team is really hard and to do it remotely is really difficult. So uh, we'll wrap up here with a few final questions, but uh, it's been great having you on the show. Thank you so much. No, thank you, Lucas. And I'm definitely, I can't wait until we, uh, <laughs> we reconvene and I'm, I'm going to show you. We're going to do it. We're going to do it, Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you, man. And uh, here, we'll, we'll just go through some of the last questions. So how old are you? Oh, my gosh. I'm almost 40. 40? Okay, got it. Got almost. It. How, 39. Almost 39. 39. 39, okay. And how, how long has the uh, agency been around? Uh, whew, you know, overnight success, uh, 2014. <laughs> 2014. 2014. <laughs> okay. Okay. Got it. So you got, you got your, you guys are on your uh, seventh year right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, any book recommendations you would recommend? Oh man. You know what? I still think that one of the best, most impactful books for me is probably eat that frog, Brian Tracy. You know, it's very easy for us to, to do the remedial things in life, but it's really going after the hard things and tackling those things first. And that's what eat that frog is all about. I love that. I love that. Well, what's the end goal with the agency? We talked about this, but what would you say it's to harvest or sell? I'm I'm in it for the long-term play, man. I, I love yeah. it. And it, it really gives me a strong purpose. And I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of at the point now to where I'm not in the day-to-day operations of it. I just talk about it and send people over to it. So I think yeah. I think right now that's the harvester. And also, I think that's also going to be like you said, the segue into my own personal brand and consulting. So that's, I think that's where it is. I definitely don't want to be the guy like this is what happens to most agency owners is that they move on from the agency work and then they become irrelevant, you know, because they realize that, Hey, maybe it's easier to start a course or be a consultant or a speaker than it is to actually run an agency. And I never want to be that guy. I got you. I got you. And then last question, if you had to value your agency today, 
what multiple would you give it on your current revenue? Would it be one X or 10 X or what would you say? Well, I would say, you know, the profit margin could definitely be higher. So that would be the only reason why I wouldn't rate it on a higher multiplier. I think someone who's probably smarter and more experienced could definitely make it more profitable than me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe like one X maybe it's like pretty traditional. Yeah, I would say, I, yeah, I would say it's probably, you know, it's, I would say it's probably worth two to 3 million. That's probably what I would put it at. Okay. Got it. One, one to two point one to 1.5 X. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's awesome to hear. I mean, these are very helpful for anyone who's starting their own agency. And I know a lot of people who are listening to the show right now either are looking to start or they uh, already have one and they're just trying to figure out how they want to position themselves in the long run and what they can kind of expect as they scale. So thank you for sharing that. But it's been great having you on and everybody listening, uh, go check out VA Staffer. I definitely think I'm going to be using them uh, pretty soon here for some of the work I need. Uh, if you're an executive and need some work, please hit him up. I know he's backlogged with a lot of... Uh, things but it's been great having you on the show jeff and um as always uh anyone listening uh you know tune in next time for more information about how to scale your agency thank you jeff thank you lucas